0: wants to follow this is black bookers on radio tab
1: good morning everyone black bookers for monday october 16 let's look back at eagle farm on saturday and i've got three to black book out of that card and the first one is a winner but i'm more than happy to put her in his party for two there was a bit riding on this race for for trainers steve o'day matt Hoysted. did they took the took over the training of her last preparation fair to say she didn't come up and she only had the two runs and they tipped her out i think we got an indication before saturday's race that things might be going okay they took her to the Deegan official trials and she uh, won comfortably so she went to a very suitable assignment first up on saturday a thousand meter race always solid in the market no gamble and not only did she win but she was highly impressive two things to point out here one, the margin was nearly five lengths. Now, sometimes the margin can be big and they look good visually, but the time doesn't back it up. Not in this case. The time clearly backed up the margin. 56.28. Now, to put that in perspective, Meet Mr. Taylor holds the track record at 56.14 an open class caliper. So I'd venture to say that's the second fastest 1,000 metres since this new track um, became uh, available at Eagle Farm over the last decade. Ultimately, her her aim is the the mode stakes on the first Saturday in December. That's a few weeks away, though, so you're going to have to plot a path towards that. But you'd like to think that next time out, and it will be 1,200 metres, I'm sure, that she's going to be very hard to beat. I mean, there was nearly a five-length margin there at the end of 1,000 metres. And as I said, the time was super. She certainly won for the black book. She looks as though she's come back in brilliant style. Another thousand meter race later in the day. This horse had to play second fiddle. Her name is Lickup. She's only got a lightly, uh, uh she had a light CV. She's only had the six career starts for three wins. I've always thought she was a little doubtful at a thousand meters. She did win a thousand meter race at Eagle Farm in the previous campaign, but she was getting tired near the line. And fair to say, she was getting tired near the line on Saturday. But there was a lot to like about the run. She had the unenviable position of sitting outside of Steady Ready. Now, facing the breeze there in those fast-run races is never easy, particularly for a horse who might be questionable stamina-wise. Yet Licker basically had Steady Ready's measure for the major part of the strain. It was only the last 50 metres that Steady Ready was able to pull away from Liquor. The margin wasn't great at the end. And as we know, Steady Ready is one that's well above average. Now, speaking of times... They ran 56.33, a fraction slower than party for two. And also worth pointing out with Licker when she won at the previous start at Ipswich, I noticed she ran 44.66. That might mean a lot, but again, you've got to put things in perspective. When they break 45 at Ipswich, they're flying, but she not only broke 45, but she got down close to the track record that all that holds at 44.55. So she's going well. The difficulty for Tony Golland is finding a race for her. She's a dead set short course specialist, so you may not see her on the Saturdays. She may end up in a a midweek or um, somewhere else. So watch for her, though, because she's going well this campaign. Lick up. And I'm going to stay with national choice. I was on him first up on Saturday. Uh, He ran fourth. He had every chance, but I like the way he found the line. I'd suggest, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, maybe 1,200 was too short for him first up. I think Rob Heathcote will now look to that 1,350, 1,400 metre range, and we saw him very effective in that range in his previous campaign earlier in the year. He doesn't know how to run a bad race, this horse. He'll, he won't let you down. He let me down on Sunday because I on him each way and he ran fourth. But I think he's in for a good campaign. He's no world beater, but he's more than honest. He'll more than pay his way, and I'd suggest follow him next time out. So party for two, liquor and national choice, my three and a black book from the Eagle Farm cut. Let's go to Jared Daffy. Jared, before we start the Black Bookers, I'm sure you'd echo the, the sentiments of, of many. Uh, a great result for Selena and Mick Sammet and, and Lillian Jones with uh, JSJ winning on Friday night.
2: It certainly was, and we had to make uh, a hard path through to that final, as, as we heard Mick say earlier, when he was beaten at Grafton. I must admit, I thought, well, you're kidding. If you think he'd going to be going down there and winning that but uh, all credit to the Zamets they're wonderful trainers, they're wonderful people and those scenes after the race um, that, uh, that we saw um, on social media and also uh, on, on the various websites and that was it really uh, drove home what it means to win those type of races with a dog that you know, you've had from the start so congratulations to them nice problem to have, where do you go to next? Yeah well I heard uh, him talking with John saying I think they're going to. is, is the Ipswich Cup coming up soon? The Ipswich Cup is only a couple of weeks away, and it, it's quite it's quite bizarre. The Ipswich Cup this year, David, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to mm. the winner. Um, but I must admit, it's it's been a fairly well kept secret, particularly down south. I've mentioned to to a few trainers down there, and uh, they weren't aware of it. Of course, if you want to win at Ipswich, I think you've got to go around a couple of times. So. Uh, You know, he's had the advantage there, JSJ. He just, well, I don't even know whether he'd have to draw a box to beat uh, what he's likely to to be lining up against, but that's a
1: terrific series coming up. Exactly right. Let's go back to Albion Park on Thursday night. Tell us about the run of Pringle Tiger. It was in the first race. It was. It's only youngster's only had the
2: five starts now for two wins, uh, trained by Darren Russell, and it's by Bago, bye-bye. Uh, which Darren did put the polish on a few years ago. He's a bit of an enigma, uh, Bago Bye-Bye, but G had a motor. And this pup's got one as well. He ran 30.08 there the other night. Uh, in the other win that he had, he ran 30.46 at Ipswich. So on, on his brooding, you'd think he'd get a trip, but um, there's plenty of sprint wins there for him at the moment. And at the other end of the spectrum, he's a youngster, uh, the veteran, Mia Magic. Now, uh, Jenna Cut has got... Mia Magic absolutely airborne at the moment as are most of her greyhounds it's over 4 years of age, 92 starts now for 23 wins but it came from nowhere to win a, a Grade 3 and 4 there in 3013, 13 which is a pretty respectable run uh, given her age and where she came from so a couple there for Queensland Pringle Tiger and Mia Magic. Magical Mystic is the one to follow out of Angle Park. Yes, another one that hasn't had many starts. It's only had 10 starts now for four wins. It was quite impressive uh, for Bosco's Menkovic. Uh, it had the check box. It gave Buzz uh, the Hustler a pretty decent start, and it's got, it's got some ability, Buzz the Hustler, but picked it up really quickly in the straight to win racing away down the middle of the track. 30.63 it was only uh, under a length outside the best of the night, 30.57, so another one on the up and up there, Magical Mystic.
1: And two out of Melbourne from last week.
2: Back to Sandown last Thursday night. Mortality had the checkbox uh, in an early race. It was backed off the map. A steady 5.17 early early split, but an overall 29.43. It recently ran 25.39 at Shepparton. Uh, it's got some strength, this one. I wouldn't be surprised to see it over the, uh, the middle distance in the not-too-distant future, but uh, it's got some sprinting ability. And from the Meadows on Saturday night, one of the biggest runs you'll ever see. Uh, From a youngster called Kane Bale Now uh, this was his uh, Third start He's now won all three at the Meadows He had box five Completely bombed the start Looked like he came out sideways He missed it eight or ten lengths But just picked them off one by one And and one powering away in 30.01 Have a look at his breeding It's probably no surprise he can run He's by Feral Frankie out of Fanta Bale um, October 21 So he's only just turned two years of age But he's got a massive future This one Kane Bale
1: Good work, Jared. Thank you. Thanks, David. Jared Daffy with the Greyhound Black Bookers. Let's turn our attention to Sydney racing. Nick Burney from Racing New South Wales is on the line. Nick, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? Were you one of those at the Everest on Saturday? Did you get out there?
3: Yeah, I was out there. Geez, it was a it was a great day. There was just people everywhere. Everyone was having a good time, having a bet. So, um, yeah, I definitely, if you were thinking about going next year, I'd buy your ticket because it was a really good atmosphere as well.
1: Good to hear. Well, you found one that was a triple figures, one hundred and fifty-one dollars. A horse called Rustic Steel. Now we know him well because he actually won the Big Dance last year. He's had a long time off the racetrack, though.
3: Yeah, that's right. He's had three hundred and twenty-nine days off, and he resumed, obviously, we you know, the Sydney Stakes, which is at weight for age over twelve hundred metres as well. So I think it was a really solid return. One of the more hidden runs of the day. He wasn't suited by the the race shape, but he ran on really well in a, a strong last section. You go back through his profile, he does have a really solid up record, second up. My only concern is the 329 days off. Sometimes they can be that little bit flat second up. But I just want to put him in the black book because maybe third, fourth up, uh, this preparation, he might be able to knock off a race at a bit of odds. So I'm happy to put Rustic Steel in there.
1: He's not overly raced. It was only his 19th start and he's a six-year-old. Kovalika, uh, good in fangirls race.
3: Yeah, look, in the Epson it had too much to do. And then it just had too much to do again there on Saturday. He's just been getting way too far back in these fit and sprint race shapes. He made up significant ground. And, yeah, Tommy Berry actually got off when I was going through the jockey quotes and said he gave him goosebumps. And that's what he should feel because his late sectionals were very fast. If he finds a race, and I think he's going to go to the Eagle now, which I just saw, if he, there's any pressure in that Eagle... I think he could just go bang. I think he's around that $11 mark uh, in the eagle, and I think it's probably worth a spec there.
1: Yeah, you'd like to think, well, I think tw- they have the 20 runners there. The pace will be generated, so it, it will be run to suit him, even though it's back 100 metres in distance. The lassophile in the last race caught your eye.
3: Yeah, there were a couple of eye catches here. I thought the winner went really well there in Aisons woman. But, look, I thought the last was solid second up. He was just out sprinted now. He was 1,200 to 1,600 metres, so between that 400 to 200 As I said, he just couldn't go with them. But once he just balanced up, got the mind on the job, I should say she, she hit the line really well. And now I think just third up, ready to do something, probably stepping out in trip again, or even staying at the 1600 wouldn't worry me too much. Um, But I'd love to see 1800 metres uh, would probably be the sweet spot now third up.
1: Good on you, Nick. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, David. Nick Burney, the racing analyst from Racing New South Wales. Ben Scaddon. Marie George this morning on Racing HQ and Ben, as we go to you, Nickish is a, a lightly race motor, but obviously one ready to win one.
4: Yeah, she's absolutely going to win one very soon, I think David Nickish and the Coney uh, trained by Philip Stokes, that stable very much in form at the moment, had a treble on Saturday and She's been really good her, her past two runs. She was very good behind Huggle Time. It was a promising horse. And then, um, yeah, I thought she stuck to her guns. It was a, it was a bold effort on Saturday when, when second to behind another house. She, uh, she's very strong late. It's only a matter of time. She has to win, win a race. As I said, the was in form, and, yeah, she's, she's racing very well.
1: Tell us about this horse, Ornamental Lady. Of course, she campaigned during the Darwin Carnival. She was first up on Saturday contest of the 1,200 metre race.
4: Yeah, she's a six-year-old mare, formerly with Daniel Bowman. He trains predominantly out of out of Warrnambool. And, um, Nicole Irwin now now trains a six-year-old mare, and she um, she went to Darwin for those for those three starts there. She ran, ran a couple of placings. Um, then kind of. Um, then ran ninth, she then had a bit of a breather, and then she was first up on Saturday, and I thought she was, she was really good. She um, She's on the speed, and she, she really stuck to her gun. She fought on really strongly behind Street Delight. Street Delight's a horse who, who's certainly been racing very well, so um, certainly no knock to be just beaten by that horse. I think um, what we saw on Saturday suggests that she's going to be a really good addition to the team, and she's certainly up to, up to Saturday metro grade here in South Australia.
1: That's ornamental lady. Bella Leak is lightly raced, but profiling well.
4: Yeah, for sure. She's uh, from the Strong Richard and Chantel Jolly stable, as you said, lightly raced. She's a five-year-old, which think had the sixth start. She's won a couple with a couple of placings. Um, she won at Murray, Murray Bridge in a mid mid-weeker, um, two starts back. And then she came to town. It was her first first um, city run, and I thought she was really good behind Picky. You have a look at it; thought she was six of ten. Doesn't seem too fancy, but... Um, if you watch the run, Ben Price is on board and he had to change path about eight times. It felt like in the straight, never really got a crack at him. There were a couple of spots there where she did see clear ground. And she kind of spurted for a moment. Then Ben Price had to grab hold of her again. Yeah, she went across the line full of running. Um, I think with moderate luck, she would have finished a whole lot closer. And as I said, if she can get a race where things go her way, she can, uh, she can win one similar to this.
1: We were talking about Dan Clark and Anupi McGilvray during press room and we were concentrating on the map, but they also provided a winner later in the day with Thirsty Guest, a horse who always showed promise as a three-year-old and he's come back well this campaign as a four-year-old.
4: Yeah, they they hoped he was a, he was a derby horse, um, Thirsty Guest, and um, he ran the chairman's, chairman's here and um, was back and never really did anything. He's come back from a break and... He's good first up at Balaclava and he just got better and better. He was gee, he was super on Saturday, I thought. When um when Jackie Ockman pushed the button on him, he just absolutely exploded and, and ran away from ran away from them. One by more than three lengths, looked like he could have won by about six lengths. He was super strong on the line. Horses behind him are pretty solid performers as well. Way up on flyer and tapping for par both nice city grade horses. Look, I think there's a huge amount of upside to this bloke. He's still growing into himself. He's he's still a bit gangly and bit all over the place he looks quite immature even though he's a four-year-old um but i heard dan Clarken talking after the races that the horse is really growing into himself he's um he's got his breathing right i think they're pretty excited by where he could head head this bloke i think he's a, a genuine um black type performer over 1600 meters plus um he'll, he'll earn himself a, a crack at some better races than this and maybe there could be a race somewhere in victoria for him next time around
1: good work thanks ben thanks david Ben Scaddon joining us. We go to Colin Mcniff. Colin, we were talking about Bello Bow earlier, a very good three-year-old. We haven't seen him since the autumn, but you saw him at Devonport Trials last week and obviously pretty impressed with what you saw. We're
0: going to see him again on Wednesday night in Longseston, so hopefully a quick return here. Yes, he was named the three-year-old of the year at the Racing Awards last Friday night. Trained by Adam Trinder, he's had 11 starts for six wins, hasn't been seen since running sixth in Group 1 company at Flemington, in February, beaten uh, length uh, or 1.35 lengths. So, as I say, trial very well. He's had two trials. He ran second at his first trial, then one last uh, Tuesday at Devonport, uh, one by three lengths, 33.25 for his last 600. He resumes tomorrow, uh, Wednesday night, should I say, in Longceston, over 1200 metres, shot down race five, number two.
1: Hello, Beau. We'll get, hopefully get a quick return there, as you said. Now, from Launceston last Wednesday night, you think a horse called Panine won't be a maiden for too much longer?
0: And again, this horse is backing up and running again on Wednesday night, race 6, number 8, one trained by Car. It's had six starts. It's only been placed once, and that was a third Last week, over 1,600 metres, a really good performance, really nice ride by Erica Byrne-Burke. Got it from an awkward spot to the outside and it ran home very solidly. It's eighth in Hobart. Before that, wasn't too bad a performance either. Steps up to 2,100 metres on Wednesday night, race six, number eight for nine. I think might break the duck this coming Wednesday.
1: And your other one for the Black Book is Kuda
0: 5 year had 14 starts, three wins and four placings. won at Devonport, two runs back, and then flash time to have be beaten a half-length last Wednesday night in really good form. It got to, held up halfway down the straight, probably should have finished a little close. It was a really good performance, as was the run before that. So this is a horse that's right in form at the present time, and wherever uh, Leandre Gray goes with Kuda Spry, I think it's going to be awfully hard to beat. Thanks, Colin. Cheers, David. Thank you.
1: Colin McDiff with the Black Bookers from the Trials and also from and Darren Clayton with us now. Darren, good morning. Morning, David. Now, Rock and Roll Mama has only had a handful of starts for the, I think, the Ben Battle Stable, but what you saw on Friday at Albion Park, you're suggesting a win's not far away.
5: Yeah, there was her third start since she's joined the, the Battle Stable and um, drew inside the second line there on Friday night and um, a bit of space created. Nathan Dawson popped off sat outside the leader for a little bit and then sort of forced the issue with the 1,000 metres to travel on and worked her way to the front so um, yeah, inside the second line to be in front with a 1,000 to go looked like it was probably a good position but just probably took a little bit much of a toll early Gunned down in the closing stages by Cat's Eye Beach. Cat's Eye Beach had been trialling really well. Uh, he was first up. So I think the runner Rock and Roll Mama was good enough that we can follow her. Certainly in a mare's qualifying race, she's going to be well suited. And uh, even another race, she's just getting up a little bit in the grades. But if using a mare's concession, they can find the right race for her Rock and Roll Mama.
1: Okay, rock and roll mama. Now at the creek on
5: Saturday night,
1: the next one for the Black Book is Johnson Step.
5: Yeah, tackled a qualifying pace, 2100 metre race there. It was race two Saturday night, and uh, he drew outside the second line, so he was always up against it. Settled at the rear, he was still last with a lap to travel. Making a move, he tried to get a cart into the race, uh, Angus Garrard, from about the 500. Um, Wasn't really getting into the race Hooked wider I really like the way he finished off the last 100 metres He's finished 6th Officially beaten 5.8 metres Now if you look at the actual results First through to fifth have all raced on the pegs and he was wide off the track so uh, a really good effort there I think from Johnson Step just needs to draw a gate hasn't had much go his way 12, 7, 11 his last three starts so stick with him Johnson Step. Tell us about the run of Betting Origin Yeah tackled a race there, a bread only race and it was a very short price favourite in Frankie Ferocious and he duly won he was able to zoom across and take them all the way, betting origin from gate four, he was just steadily away didn't really get hustled off the arm and was able to slide across uh, and in the wash up actually ended up outside the leader so he had to do it the tough way it was a pretty solidly run race and he kept giving to the line Like I say, he had to do all the work in the run. He's finished up holding on four-third. He's beaten 6.6 metres now. A couple of rough gates again for him, but he's certainly in the right grade with his rating at 57, where he'll be winning a few more races. So don't fall off him just from that effort, betting origin. We certainly won't. Thanks,
1: Darren. Cheers, David. Darren Clayton with the Hardest Black Bookers. That is Black Bookers for Monday the 16th of October. Hopefully there's a few winners there for you.